Welcome to the Wags of SEI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury, hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both our partners are quadriplegics, and after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury. So you must be thinking, what is the goal with this group? Our goal is and has always been to establish and nurture a strong network of women around the world who understand and support one another while navigating the SCI life. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission with this podcast is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspective. So join us each week as we tackle deeper discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the WAGS of SEI podcast. Here we go. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Led by our personal mentor and lawyer, Robin Wishart, Wishart Brain and Spine Law is a uniquely specialized law firm located in Vancouver, British Columbia. They focus their practice on complex spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury cases, and they work with clients all over North America as advocates and a much needed resource in the spinal cord injury community. Robin and her team look at their clients differently than other firms. You're not just a case, you're a person with a family, a life, and a purpose. They are always looking for ways to help improve the quality of life for their clients by providing the support they need for their recovery, such as assisting with insurance and benefits paperwork, finding resources for home adaptations, setting up medical appointments with doctors and specialists, and making sure that their clients are doing physically and mentally okay. Wish Our Brain and Spine Law is proud to support WAGS of SCI. Robin is committed to helping clients and their families any way that she can, because she wants you to live your life and not your claim. Your first consultation is always free. So contact them at brainandspinelaw.com and make sure to mention that the WAGS of SCI sent you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the WAGS of SCI podcast with your hosts, Brooke Paget and Elena Pauly. And today we have another beautiful guest on. We have Kata Miller, who we're going to introduce right away and share her beautiful story with all of you as well. She's a longtime WAG of SCI, so we're really excited to have her on today. Yes, we are. Um, Kata is literally one of the first women that I ever found online before WAGS when my partner was just injured. So super excited to talk to her today. So Kata is an Australian storyteller with a passion for, for creating and sharing music, books, film, and conversation. In 2015, she married her longtime boyfriend, Barney Miller, who's a C5, C6 quad in a Willy Wonka-inspired wedding-themed pure imagination, a phrase that they live their life by. Together, they have created a feature documentary on their lives called You and Me, which received recognition all around the world and secured them a book deal with the award-winning publishing house Hatchet. 
Their book, The Essence of You and Me, shares an even more intimate look into their lives, their love, their heartaches, and their triumphs. At the end of 2020, Kata released her first two singles, Runaway and This Christmas Night. It's a new independent direction for her professionally that has brought her home to her roots as a singer and a songwriter. Her music is described as hauntingly beautiful and a blend of folk, indie, and pop. She is just getting started. So everyone, welcome Kata Miller to the podcast. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We're doing a new little something for 2021, and we are reading some inspiring quotes at the start of our podcast, and Kat actually chose a a great one today. So your quote was, the greatest gift you can give the world is to be authentically yourself. Really good one. Do you want to explain why you chose that quote? Yes. Um, So for me... um just the realization that just by simply being who we are um, is something that can inspire other people to also be themselves. And when we are living from our heart and, um, and giving in that way, it has this ripple effect that can create real change. And yeah, so it's pretty cool when you think about just by simply being yourself, like you could literally change somebody's life that then can change somebody else's life and so on. So, yeah. That's really, really beautiful. Thank and it's you. so well said, especially yeah. for our society today, when I feel like, you know, we always talk about comparison and even like Instagram filters and things, how everybody's trying to morph into one person and trying to be the same person that I feel like sometimes we lose our individuality that way, where we could truly be inspiring people just the way that you and Barney have with your stories. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's so much pressure to try and be somebody that you're not. It's just so much easier to just, well, who am I? Figure that out first and then just be yourself. And it takes the pressure off because there's only one of you, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Well, we're really excited to talk to you today, as we've been saying, um, because you're you're literally the first person I ever found on Instagram when I first signed up. Um, And I heard about you through Project Walk, which is now Adapt in San Diego, because you guys had gone there, you lived there. um, And you guys had, you know, from a distance, a really, really positive impact on my life after my partner was injured, because I just saw so much hope. And you know, I remember you guys were one of the first couples that we ever featured on the page. So thank you for that. And, you know, you're across the world from us, but you still have a really big influence in the community. And we kind of wanted to delve into who is Kata? Who Who is this beautiful woman who's done so much at such a young age? Um, so do you want to start with your story and, and who you are and where you came from and where you are today? Yes. Okay. Um, so I grew up in a really small country town in country New South Wales, Australia. And it was about, we have about 10,000 people who live there. And I grew up in a pretty incredible, loving home. Um, But the town itself, um, we had a lot of loss throughout our upbringing through um, suicide and car accidents and just a lot of tragedy, which 
as a culture here, um, a lot of people end up turning to alcohol instead of talking about their feelings and what what's actually happened. And so I was around um, from the age of 15 to 17 was when it really hit me a lot. So I ended up in a pretty bad place of just um, alcohol addiction and um, just kind of not living my purpose. I was very far off track and I wasn't doing any music at the time, which was definitely one of my main forms of therapy. Um, and so when I turned 17, I moved to the coast, um, which is 10 hours northeast of where I grew up. And I um, met my now husband, Barney, pretty pretty early on in my move up there and he was just this light that just shone but you could still see this darkness within him that he was kind of still living in a shadow of um I guess what he thought his life needed to be and so throughout that time um of us getting to know each other we yeah, we fell in love pretty quickly actually and became this couple that just became the champions of each other's dreams. And from there we um, started going to California once he decided that he wanted to um, get serious with his therapy. And along that journey I um, signed a record deal and started doing my music and it's just been this roller coaster of every emotion you could ever imagine but one that I am eternally grateful for. Ah, that's a really really beautiful story. Did you when you first met Barney, did you have any experience um like being friends with or dating anybody that was a quadriplegic or had a disability? Did it like, what was your first impressions? Did it shock you? Were you scared? Did you have any feelings, any direction or? No, I I had never been around somebody that had a spinal injury. I didn't really know what a spinal injury was. Um, I had experience with a wheel, like people in wheelchairs before, but that um, was more from like I had a childhood friend who had cancer and or like my mum coming out of hospital or like just little things like that. So I hadn't really um, been very exposed to it. But I don't know, like when I saw Barney, I never really saw the wheelchair. It was just, um, I, it was like two souls connecting for the first time and it wasn't a matter of um, like the physical world. It was more this like connect this connection that just can't be seen and one of my first questions though was when he actually brought up his spinal injury because I guess that's kind of like breaking the ice being like I'm just going to get this out of the way (laughs) and (laughs) that's when I asked him so is it a forever thing or is it something that can get better and just his conviction in the way he said to me he's like no no no, it's it won't be forever I don't know how I don't know when I'm gonna find a way (laughs) and 
just his, yeah, just his surety in the way that he said that was like this breath of fresh air that I had not experienced before from growing up in a town that I guess had a lot of limiting beliefs. Um, it was that were very stuck in their ways of, um, just everyday living, I guess. Um, just to have somebody with such big aspirations and also knowing that it hadn't really been done before was just like this exciting new venture that I wanted to be part of. (laughs) And yeah, that's really cool. And yeah, that is really cool. And have you found that, um, being in this new, I guess, like adventure with Barty, have you found that there has been a ton of information and a ton of support out there in the world in, in, you know, the world of spinal cord injury or for wives and girlfriends? No, there was none. (laughs) I, um, kind of got thrown in the deep end with it and it, I remember when we were first together, this was literally going on nearly 14 years ago and he went on a trip to Hawaii with some friends and he met one of his friend's um, trainers who is qualified in the check um, protocol. Paul Check um, is like, it's like a kinesiology-based exercise program and it had lots of success with just healing people with all sorts of different types of um, injuries. So Barney ended up having a few sessions with this lady named Jan. And that was kind of like the fire that just lit within him to go, I want more. I want to try. I want to see what my body is capable of because just in one session with her, he was able to activate things that he never dreamed that he could. And, um, So that was kind of like this, the first step. So then from hearing how excited he was about it, that just made me go into this full research frenzy of, okay, well, what's available? What are people saying? Like what, um, where do we start? And there's that saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will come. And it was literally like that happened the moment that we opened up our, um, ourselves to something more and wanting answers people started coming into our lives at the right time so the next following year when he was trying to get some he was trying to find um some type of um hand straps in order for him to do weights and in Australia it's definitely a lot more limited to what's available for because there's way less spinal injuries in Australia than other parts of the world, um, especially anything progressive. And so we were at this place called Workout World and we were explaining to him, we're like, we're just trying to find like something that we could like rig up. (laughs) We don't know. And then in that conversation, he's like, I've just had this guy come in um, from – who's just got back from the States. He's got a spinal injury. He had, he, they got him walking over there and, um, I want to pass on your details. And so in that process, we ended up getting in contact with him. He, um, sold us the dream of project walk. And even from that, we still had no idea what to expect. It was just so unknown to in every aspect. It was a lot of money to outlay, for something that we really had no idea what it was going to bring us, but we just knew 
in our hearts that it was something that we needed to follow and just try because the worst case scenario was that we had a good holiday and that he would just get healthier and stronger. <laughs> so how long were you guys there? How we went for there? three months, three months. And, um, it was the most life-changing trip of our lives. It was also our first um, holiday by ourselves. <laughs> it was Barney's first time away from his support network since his accident, which had been 10 years prior. Um, so there was a lot of just unknowns. And that was the first time too that like up until that point, he'd always had nursing and so it was us really stepping forward as a couple as well, dealing with our, our reality. Um, and yeah, but still even going there, there still wasn't much information beyond that. And I was one of the only um, like long-term girlfriends um, there at the time as well. So still even that side of it, I still didn't really have much support in the way of like knowing who to turn to or talk to about certain things. And so it was a lot of just trial and error and us just figuring it out as we went along and just being open for the ride. And so were you his primary caregiver? I would say like in terms of caregiver, like were you the one that was helping him do his daily routines, managing his, you know, his self-care um, and doing all of, all of those roles at the same time as helping him through Project Walk? Yes, I was. Um, uh, from yeah. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. so what was the biggest, what would you say with the biggest like hit, the biggest challenge was from stepping into that role for you at that time? Um, I guess it was more so just figuring out the situation because going into a place we ended up, we were lucky that we had a friend of a friend who um, invited us to come and live with him for the three months with him and his son. But with that comes the challenges of accessibility. So we had a room downstairs. There was a bathroom, but the bathroom's carpeted, which is a very, I'd never experienced anything <laughs> like that before. No, and you um, know what? I don't think we have either. So I don't think that's common. <laughs> yes. But in California, it actually is, which is wild to me. But um, so just figuring out that situation of going, okay, so, well, at least he could get into the toilet. So that was our biggest thing. But then showering wise, he, there was no way we could get him into the shower. It was a bath, um, with a shower over it. So for three months, he ended up having showers outside <laughs> under the hose. And I would just fill up hot water buckets for like, just a bit of relief for him because we went, from June through till August. And we had this idea of Californian summer being like what you see on like Baywatch, just hot. And it was not, it was very far from that reality. <laughs> and we, it was freezing actually, cause they have this thing called June gloom where the Marine layer comes over and it's just like foggy. And so he was just having to, yeah, suck it up and have the showers outside and but that was a really good lesson for both of us in learning just to adapt 
and just go with whatever comes our way. And I think just from having an experience like that so early on, we just adapted that mindset for the rest of like we've had that mindset from then on. Awesome. Yeah. And, um, we were there from the beginning of April until the beginning of August. And like every morning it was, (laughs) it was like fog central and like, it was so cold, even rainy in the morning. And I was just like, what is this Vancouver? No, San Diego (laughs) because of the ocean right there. But like, I really, um, relate to what you're saying about how it's such a life-changing experience going and doing that. Because I feel like when you, when you initially want to do that active therapy, your hopes are so high because you see what they've done, which is so much more than here in Canada too. Like it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you see what they've done. You're like, Oh, maybe I could walk. Maybe I could walk. And it's like, even if you don't end up walking when you leave, like I remember the first appointment we had, they got him out of his chair and standing without any support except them holding his legs. And that's not Mm -hmm. something that the system in Canada facilitates at all. I remember my husband was like crying during his rehab stay because they would not let him stand. And then you go down to California, you go to Project Walk, which is now ADAPT. And it's like, they don't care what level you are. They just want to get you up and out of your chair. And it's just the mentality. Yeah. The mentality is just so life changing that even if you don't walk and you leave just stronger, it's like, it's so like, I would recommend that every single person does that. Yeah. It's just such an empowering environment too. And I think that was the first time that Barney had actually really um, socialized with um, other people with spinal injuries as well. Cause prior to that, he had very negative experiences of, because he was always the positive one. He was lucky enough that he was always surrounded by such a great support network that he never fell into um, what you would call depression. And he, because of that, I think that, um, yeah, didn't, um, he just wasn't able to connect or to to um, relate, I guess, with other people prior to that. Whereas when he was there, everyone was kind of with the similar mindset of just wanting to try and just, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just a different mentality. And so that was, that was a good experience for both of us to just, I guess, learn how other people do things and, um, yeah, just, yeah, building new relationships as well and, um, and just being inspired by other people that are going through something similar to you as well. And everyone's at different stages in their journey and um, where you may take inspiration from one person and another person's taking inspiration from you. So it's just this really nice um, giving environment to be a part of. And like you never feel like you're a patient or like a, a someone that's being studied or someone that's being, you know, you always feel like you're a friend that's working out with your buddies that can help you with your injury mm-hmm. and like... You know, it just, it's so different than, than here. And yeah, I didn't realize that it was different than Australia too, but 
that that's they've really got something great going on there. And did you hear now <laughs> that they have um, those grounding meditation chairs and they have like a meditation room now at the new Adapt? Oh, no, I didn't. It's um, like we ended up. Yeah, because we don't go to Adapt anymore when we're there. We go to Strides up at right. San Juan Capistrano with yeah. Josh because Josh Josh was um, Barney's main trainer at Project Walk. Yeah. Um, so then when they left, we ended up going with them. But, yeah, that's amazing. And I think that that's incredible because it really is a whole body, mind, body, soul um, journey to take on. And, yeah, that part is just 90% of the battle is the, the mental side of it. So yeah, that's great that they have that. It's just so cool. It's just like a, it's just like something to show the rest of the world that like, you don't have to have a sterile environment after. Yes. Right. It's just, it's yes. so frustrating because you don't want to be a patient. You just want to be a person. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That was, that's when well, you treat them like they're athletes. That's how Barney's mentality is. He's like, I go in as an athlete and, yeah. um, especially when you're training in that capacity, you, you basically are an athlete. You're training the same hours as an athlete would. And so you want to be treated that way as well. And not, it's nice too, because it's, um, just not having like the cotton wool wrapped around you. It's like giving them the chance and the opportunity to see what their body's capable of. Amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. We are very curious as to what a day in a life looks like for you guys right now. Right now? Yeah. <laughs> right like, now? What, okay. like what's your schedule? Like, like what, as far as care, like who does what? And like, what's your, what's your weekly schedule like? Okay, well, our um, our day in the life has shifted quite a bit actually over the last two years. It used to be pretty full on. It would be like we'd get up at like 7 and then Barney would have his morning routine and then we'd get up and do the day. Most of the time we were traveling a lot, so um, it was never two days were ever the same. Whereas now <laughs> it's a very predictable day. Um, it's a lot more slower, which I am extremely grateful for, actually. I now look back at the life that we used to live of just how chaotic it was of just being here, there and everywhere. And just that just makes me cringe at the idea of that now. Um, so now it's more um, he gets up, has his shower, does his morning routine and in that time, I um, will kind of just have my own time to just do whatever it is, whether I go and do my own, um, I train at um, a gym in town, whether I go and do that first or um, hop in the sauna or, yeah, just whatever it is that I feel like doing that morning. Um, and then usually from around like he's finished by 8.30 in the morning. So if I'm back from training at that stage, then that's kind of when we'll like plan the day ahead. Um, over the last year, it's been pretty mellow. So sometimes we won't actually like do much. <laughs> it's not that exciting. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we've just got a new camper van. So, um, there's a lot of tinkering happening at the moment with that. And just, yeah, we just took it down the beach for the first time to test it. And that was so fun. So 
yeah, it's kind of just, um, it's still like, it's predictable. Like our days are pretty mellow at the moment, but at the same time, they still are like, just take it day by day and just living in the moment rather than having this full on crazy schedule. But in the coming months, we're going to be doing, um, our trip across Australia. So that's when, um, yeah, that's when we'll get some more fun in our lives again. <laughs> that's amazing. And for anybody who would like to follow you guys on your trip across Australia with your camper van, what is your Instagram handle? How can we follow your journey in everywhere you go in your camper van? Um, okay, so we haven't finalized all of those bits yet, but our personal pages will be linked to everything. So um, mine is Kata Miller at um at Kata Miller, K-A-D-A-M-I-L-L-E-R. And then Barney's is B-A-R-N-E-Y underscore M-I-L-L-E-R. And um yeah, but we're gonna be starting a YouTube channel um called The Adventures of You and Me. So it will be part of um the You and Me franchise that we've created. Yeah. And yeah, it's going to be fun. We still haven't kind of like totally scoped out exactly the direction of the channel yet, but there's just going to be a lot of like inspiring conversation along the way of, um, with people that we meet and yeah, how to keep fit on the road because that's always been my biggest struggle is consistency when I'm traveling for my own self, um, care. So yeah, it's going to be yeah, a journey in itself. Amazing. And when you say the You and Me franchise, can you elaborate on that? I know you guys have a book out, you have a movie out, you're making music. Can you share with our audience all of the amazing things that you guys are doing with the You and Me franchise? Yes. So um, You and Me for us represents um, these conversations, the um the human interaction of just a deep, meaningful conversation. And we are in a time now that we're so connected via the internet and social media, but we're becoming very disconnected from those real um, relationships. So you and me is just a, um, yeah, it's just a celebration of really nurturing those relationships. And so through that, we have the film called You and Me, our book called The Essence of You and Me, the new YouTube channel um, for our travels will be The Adventures of You and Me. And then we're writing a book um, right now called The Power of You and Me, and that's going to go more into the um, the mindfulness and um, just the, the more of the spiritual side of our journey of what makes us who we are and what happens when everything that you had thought that um, was your identity and what makes you who you are is stripped away from you, then what are you left with? Who are you? So it's like getting more deeper into the who am I conversation. Um, yeah, so, yeah, lots of lots of fun things. And then my music on top of that, um, is also a very, um, intimate thing for me to share. It's a lot of my own personal stories and my, um, 
observations of love in all of its complexities. And I have just started doing backyard concerts and it's been so incredible the response I've been getting from them and just um, just to be able to build those relationships with people on the road that they can come on the journey with me and yeah so yeah it's all about yeah relationships oh that's so beautiful if anyone hasn't listened to Kata's music please go to because it's available on on Apple music right and Spotify Yes. yes it is Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. remember when I downloaded your, I think it was your second album. I'm not sure. Um, but I would listen to it at the gym all the time. And I'm like, yeah, because it was like more dancey. So this, yeah, these new songs are like so pretty to just like put on and relax. Um, yeah, it's, it's a big shift like that in itself has been a whole shift over the last couple of years as well. I, um, yeah, I'm now totally independent artist, which I'm so proud of. And it's a lot more work, but so much more rewarding. And these are the, the this is the type of music that raised me, that inspired me to become a singer in the first place. And um, I write everything on the piano first and then take it to my producer. And then we create um, the song that you get to hear together and he's an incredible musician his name's Ben Neal and he is local as well which I've always traveled to America to do all of my recording so it's been so nice to find someone that lives 10 minutes away and I actually grew up with him so it's been this nice full circle back to my roots and yeah but actually on Friday um on the 29th of January I am releasing a remix version of my latest single, Hearts, and it's dancey, so it will get you in the groove. (laughs) Awesome. Whatever you want to do, yeah. Get you working out, which is what we definitely need, especially for the the Wags of SCI self-care run. We might need to get this grooving and getting us ready for that run. Yes. Awesome. That's really awesome. Um, so I read your book when I was in Italy, and that was two over just over two years ago. Um, and we were staying in an accessible apartment on a farm in um, San Castiano, which is like 20 minutes away from Florence. And I would go every day to the pool and take 15 minutes and plug away at your book. And then when I finished it, I left it in the library. It's like the guest library in that room um, for hopefully someone else who stays in the accessible suite to see next time. Just kind of paying it forward just because I thought it was so inspiring and such a good such a good introduction to who you guys are. And, um, you know, you can feel the love when you read the book. That's for sure. Thank you so much. Oh, that's so nice. That's nice to know that it's in Italy. I know, right? I thought it was <laughs> a cool. Piece of, a piece of me that can't travel right now is still there, so that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's really, really cool. Um, so you're in Australia, and you know the majority of people that are listening to the podcast are in the States. Um, can you talk about what life has been like since COVID hit and um, what your unique situation is there in Australia? Yes. Um, So 
don't think it hit here properly until March actually last year. So we had just actually, we just come off the back of the most horrific fires that we'd ever seen in Australia. So it was, yeah, we had, um, yeah, a lot of devastation here from losing like millions and millions of wildlife, um, just whole towns just totally wiped out. So from that, after after the fires finished, it turned into this big celebration of Australia coming together and um, the, and actually also the world uniting in a way um, of coming showing their support for Australia. Like we had some of the most incredible fundraising that we've ever experienced before just from um, just the generosity of the world, which was so amazing to them. So we had these big events everywhere and it was like everyone was like starting to move forward. We'd all been planning these trips to go and travel to these um, towns that had lost everything and had lost all their summer trade because of the fires as well. So that heavily rely on that for their yearly income. And that's when COVID hit. Um, we could we heard it circulating for a few months prior to that, and then when it hit, um, yeah, it was March actually because um, Barney has a charity surf event every year that raises money for a different person that's had a spinal injury, and it was coming up for its twenty first annual event, and we usually shut down the street and have this big street party, and because the aim of it is to raise as much money as possible. Um, we had to cancel a lot of the events, the side events that were part of the whole weekend. And yeah, so it was right at that time we were coming up to that. And it was two weeks prior to that event in March that we had to make the call to cancel the event because restrictions had started to come into play of no more than a hundred people, um, could be in a public space at a time. And just from there, it went from that to then pretty quickly we went into like a full Australia-wide lockdown of they shut the borders, um, we weren't allowed to go to anyone's houses, the only time we were allowed out was to go exercise. We were lucky our beaches never got closed where we live but other parts of the country did close. Um, then take Luckily, the cafes um, were allowed to operate throughout the entire time. So um, a lot. it was nice actually because a lot of people showed their support by getting takeaway from them to help keep them going. Some of them ended up doing better than they've ever done before, um, which was amazing. But um, we did experience quite a lot of... Um, yeah, loss throughout it, but definitely nowhere near the numbers of the other parts of the world. Victoria got it the worst here. They went into, I think it was three or four months of full lockdown and it was full police lockdowns. Of, it got pretty hectic there for a while. Some places couldn't even leave their houses, um, like even to go outside, even if they lived in apartment blocks. So there were some who didn't see fresh air or um 
sunshine for quite a few months, which I can't even imagine. But thankfully, where we live, we didn't experience um, much of the um, what it had been everywhere else. So I'm extremely grateful for where we live and I don't take that for granted at all because it's just been the most mind-blowing thing to witness. And um, But I think the silver linings of everything that has come from the last year has been reminding everyone of their priorities of what's important, which is health and family and um, the importance of taking care of yourself and slowing down. We've become this society that's so um, – it rewards people for working too hard and um, and just that idea of like if you're – even if you're sick, you still turn up to work, whereas that way was no – like it was not sustainable in any way. So just to have like simple little changes that – when you look at it now going, that makes so much sense. Like, of course you wouldn't hop on a plane if you've got a cold. Of course, if you wouldn't, um, yeah, go out in public, if you're like coughing and splattering everywhere. It's, um, it's crazy that it's just these things that actually seem like common sense, but the world literally needs to shut down in order for us to actually go, oh yeah, we do need to be more considerate of other people. And, um, yeah, so it's yeah, it's it's got both sides to it and I always like to find the silver linings in everything, but also my heart just goes out to everyone who has been devastatingly affected by the past year. Well, yeah, that's why we we love you so much, Kat, is because like we feel that in your posts, we felt that in your book, like um you're just you're really our kind of gal. So we're happy to talk to you today. Um, Thank you. I wanted to talk to you more about um, your self-care um, mm-hmm. and what that means for you. Because I know uh, you have a sauna in your home, which mm-hmm. <laughs> we're extremely jealous of, by the way. <laughs> yeah. um, but we, we want to know more about what you do for yourself um, to calm yourself and just make sure that you're on your own path in in a relaxed way? Yeah. Well, this has been um, years of refining. I was really terrible for the first, um, I want to say even like 10 years of our relationship of really allowing myself that time. Like I would constantly just go to the point of burnout and but I would have little stints where I would go oh yeah yeah, I'm taking care of myself and then I would just fall off the wagon and just um just let life get in the way and but it took um for me really actually even even more so I've like ramped it up in the last two years after Barney got really sick and I realized that without me being like I'd always known it intellectually but to actually feel it was a different experience and I realized that it's that whole like you've got to put your own oxygen mask on first in order for you to be able to help save other people's lives because without that then you're useless and I have always been a massive advocate and um, interested in holistic health. Um, 
but I always adopted it for Barney's life and his care rather than for myself. And so it's just been this up and down um, journey of forcing myself to come to the realisation that I need to take, like practice what I preach. And so the last two years I just started doing just random things. Like I went and joined a tap um, tap dancing class <laughs> with a bunch of 80-year-old ladies. Oh, that's and, so cool. <laughs> yeah, it was so liberating and oh. I just had so much fun. And then from that I got back into dance um, with – Um, a group of um, friends of mine who have a studio and it's called Heart Space and we did a heap collaborating together with my music and that all actually began because Elton John was coming to um, Coffs Harbour where we live and I had this idea that I was like, because it was a massive deal that he was coming to this town because no massive artists have ever really come to where we live. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to pitch to open for Elton John. And so from that, I started living my life as though I was doing it. So then that actually ramped up my self care (laughs) in a way that I'd never experienced before. I was doing, um, dance classes a lot. I was playing my piano every day, which is my number one thing that I do for my self care is just playing, um, And then, yeah, I was hopping my sauna every day. I just was on this really good, um, like, kick of um, doing stuff. And I think, too, because Barney was in a hospital bed for uh, over a year. So that actually gifted me the opportunity to be able to branch out and find out who I was. And um, so from... He nearly died in, first it was April 2019 and then it was multiple times throughout the year that he had a lot of um, brushes with death and I was forced into this asking myself the question that if he died, who am I? And I had no idea. I realised that my entire world had been intertwined with his, which I love, but I realized I didn't have an identity outside of him. Right. And yeah, and that was a really scary thing because I knew that if he died, a part of me would have just died and never recovered from that. And so, yeah, it was this whole realization of, okay, who am I? What are my things? What, what do I bring to the world? Um, because for so many, I was known as Barney's wife and yeah, it was, yeah. So it's been a, that's been a whole thing of like learning to work through those, those things that I never realized were actually things. And do you mind just very briefly, um, touching on exactly what happened to Barney? Why was he in a hospital bed for so long? You said that he had some brushes of death, but did something particular happen there? Yes. So he, um, he'd been dealing with kidney stones for, um, since 2014, he had his first bout of it, which was caused from, um, a bladder infection that, um, just progressed pretty quickly, (laughs) which he'd never had, um, 
he'd never really had any issues with bladder infections prior to that. He'd always been pretty on top of um, like his catheter care and um, just his bladder um, care in general. So this actually happened because, you know, those big um, glass Voss bottles. So I <laughs> dropped. I'm sorry, which, which glass, which bottles? Do you know the Voss? It's like V-O-S-S, like the glass water oh, bottles. Oh, the water bottles. Yes, yeah. of course. Yep. So he had one of them and I was passing it to him and I dropped it straight in between his legs. And so that actually was <laughs> the cause of his bladder infection. And so from there that progressed into stones. And then from then he just could, like he just kept getting stones and we couldn't figure out what was happening. We changed our entire lifestyle. It was, yeah, quite, um, quite extreme that we went to every length that we had our genes tested. We had every test you could imagine. Um, we worked with a nutritional biochemist um, he was. He managed to be able to get onto a good um, protocol where he was able to dissolve the herbs, um, ho- dissolve the stones with herbs regularly, but they just kept popping up and we couldn't figure out what it was. So the first time he had the stones, he had them surgically removed and in that surgery um, he got a stent put in and on the removal of the stent, it's um, it actually – cause damage to his um, ureter, so the tube that goes from his kidney to his bladder. So it stretched it and then there was a lot of scar tissue damage around, like right at the entry of his um, kidney. So for a good few years, his kidney was not draining properly. So we didn't find that out until 2019 when he went in to have stones removed again. And he wanted to just start fresh and just go in. And then we actually, it's funny, you've got to be careful for what you wish for because we did put out being like, okay, whatever needs to be done in order to just start moving forward with life, like let it be. (laughs) And it was like he had to go to the complete extreme of he went in um, they realized they couldn't get through, so they had to put a um, tube through his side, through to his kidney to drain it. That surgery in itself couldn't be done in a surgery room. It had to be done under a CT scan, which doesn't have a license for anesthesia or any type of pain relief. So he had to do it full cold turkey, feel everything, and oh like full barbaric times. <laughs> he was biting down on a blanket. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so he had to have that surgery done five times over the course. Um, And then they did a full reconstruction and everything started going well. That ended up taking 11 hours that he was under. That was a bit touch and go. We weren't sure how he was going to go. In the meantime, the tube fell out of his kidney. He drained half of his blood. He needed six. He had six um, blood transfusions. (laughs) It was just like... Anything that could have gone wrong, it went wrong. But then every time it happened, we're like, no, it's fine. This is just another step. That had to happen because you needed to be able to, like, we just need to get this fully done. Otherwise, if we just half-ass it, then 
we'll be having this issue for longer. So it was like a bit of, um, what was it? It was like short-term pain for long-term gain. That was what we kept saying. (laughs) And it was pretty hectic though, just like one thing after another. um, But because he he got a superbug twice in the hospital and that were meant to be antibiotic resistant, but because he'd never taken antibiotics prior to that because he's allergic to penicillin, they could never find the right one for him. Um, he responded straight away and his infectious markers were at 300 and um, dropped to 90 like within a day. And so they were, um, we were like, oh, that's great. What's it meant to be? And they're like, five. <laughs> So that showed us how sick he actually was. But because of all the other good stuff he was putting into his body, he never experienced the full extremes of feeling sick just on paper and clinically he was like on his deathbed. So, yeah, it was wild. (laughs) Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. finally he lost his kidney um, in November of 2019 and – in, before that happened, we actually did like a full visualization of saying anything that no longer serves you, any pain, trauma that's going in that kidney and it's leaving with it. And it was like he went into that surgery room with just filled with so much pain and came out of it like born again as a new upgraded version of himself. It was wild. He's, he had these like pterygiums, which is like where sun damage to his eyes prior to that. He no longer had those. He had full gray hair. He's got no gray hair now. It's really mind blowing. Well, it just goes to show you how much, if something is like draining your body of energy for all those years, what it does to the person. And like, I always talk about this with Evan, like, that typical sickly quadriplegic look, which is like their skin is really, you know, uh, almost yellowish and they've got black circles and their hair is falling out. And, you know, we get messages all the time on the private group about like, what do I do to help my husband with his microbiome? He's had so many rounds of antibiotics that nothing's helping anymore. And, and it's like, they all have that look that's like, oh my gosh, like your energy is being drained. Right. So, yeah. That's a really positive story stemming from all of that. I remember your Instagram when this was happening. And like, I think I messaged you a couple of times being like, hey, are you guys okay? Like, it's just Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it it got pretty wild. Like even um, we just, I think it just got to the stage too that we even said like if I think he needed to be that sick though and totally on bed rest for him to give himself the time to actually heal to because he's so active and so such a go-getter that if he didn't if he wasn't forced into bed rest he would have not given himself that time so like that was the blessing in that and then following into the next year of then COVID hitting I think even though he'd been in a bed for over a year he was fighting for his life the entire time so then that lockdown period time and just this slow year has given him the opportunity to just really recover. And now he's in the best shape he's ever been in. He's so healthy um, and just full of life again. And 
yeah, so there's always silver linings in in absolutely anything, even if it seems like the worst possible situation, you can always find it. Well, I and I don't think people like really see that until you say something like what you just said, like find the silver linings. I bet you every single person listening to this can look back at their life and say, oh, that needed to happen in order for this to happen or that needed to happen in order for me to get to this place. Like everything is, regardless of what you believe in or who you believe in or what religion you are, um, just kind of knowing that everything has meaning for what is best for you. Yeah is it really, really is true. Everything is connected, right? Yeah, yeah. And then from that, like, also too, after that all happened, once he was in, like, the all clear, I went into full PTSD from everything that had happened because I realised it was, like, a good – it might have even been, like, trauma even built on top of before I'd met Barney that – then it was just built on, built on, built on. And then finally like all came crashing down and I had a full meltdown and um, I wasn't sleeping. I couldn't, I was having anxiety attacks. I was just, I was, I realized how long I'd been in fight or flight for. And even though I knew exactly what was happening, it was like I was this thing outside of my body just watching myself just fall apart and I couldn't do anything about it. I just, it was one of those things that it was like, no, you need to have this meltdown. You need to let it all out, release it all. (laughs) And then I quit alcohol. Well, I'm not going to say quit because I'm, I may drink one day again. I don't know. But at this point in my life, I don't feel the desire to drink. And I think for me, like, COVID gave me an opportunity as well to just um, really take care of my own health. And um, that in itself has been this totally new experience of clarity that I haven't ever experienced because I've pretty much drank my, well, since I was like 15 and I'm 31 now. So, um, yeah, it's been, that's been life-changing as well. So it's, yeah, all of these, all of these things that happen that then lead to this next thing, and yeah, that well, that's life. <laughs> Let's talk about like PTSD for a second because mm-hmm. I don't think that um, I don't think that it's talked about enough or accepted enough as something in our mm-hmm. community for yeah, you know, for the women as well because you know yeah, we talk about this all the time our problems are not as bad as his problems, right? Like Barney's in a hospital bed almost dying. What gives me the right to pay attention to my stuff? And we've all gone through this. Like, I don't know anybody in this situation that hasn't gone through this. Um, Let's talk about that a little bit more because I feel like everybody has relatively a similar story when they're out of this, when they look back and say, well, this is my trauma that I have to deal with now after putting it aside for so long. It's like almost becomes like a, like a breakdown, right? It comes Mm -hmm. out in the weirdest ways. And like, you have to pay attention to that, right? Because it's so important. What's your advice for women going through that kind of fork in the road right now? Um, I guess it's just being patient with yourself and just acknowledging what 
your feeling, like just allowing it to come through as it's coming through and, yeah, just giving yourself that space to let it out. I um, I sought a lot of um, support through um, some mentors. I had an amazing um, energy healer that I was working with and who's also um, like a psychologist but not a psychologist um, and I was able to talk through a lot of things. I did a lot of journal work, which I cannot recommend enough. It is like first you just start with writing whatever is comes to your head. It could literally be like I don't even know what I'm writing about right now um, and you could literally write that over and over again until something else pops into your mind. And once you start doing that on the regular, it gets rid of all of that surface chatter that's just blocking you from getting to the core of what's going on. And I discovered so much about myself through um, that process of just writing and then just finding things that bring you joy. Um, For me, it was like dancing around the house or um, going to the beach or just writing a song. I actually went um, at the beginning of last year for the first time since I was young, I just played the piano for the fun of playing rather than for the need to create something because I realised that that had been my process for so long that I'd just been writing to create because I needed to create Um, and just writing, like playing songs that inspired me from my childhood to like from every every part of my life to songs that I hear now and that in itself was healing. So it's just finding the things that like, yeah, just bring you joy that you're able to tap into that essence of how you want to feel. So then you are able to know what it's like to pull yourself from the, from that thing. And it might be even like, five, 10 minutes a day that you're doing that just to find some relief. But over time it will become bigger and bigger and bigger. And the other thing that I found that was um, just unmatched was breathing exercises. I do Wim Hof with Barney and it was actually, that was the thing that got him through it was doing Wim Hof and then also Joe Dispenza's um, meditations. And from for him like he had lost he'd spent so much time working so hard to to gain independence and get his body strong to then have it totally stripped away from him of like the little independence that he did had he no longer had because he was bed bound so all he had to work with was his mind and his breath so he like started it way before I did and then he's like just please just sit down and just take this time to do this with me and it started as a thing to kind of reconnect us again after everything because I don't know you've probably experienced it before like when sometimes your your relationship can get so sucked up by the injury itself that you forget the essence of the relationship and that for sure happened for us. Like we, of course, loved each other so much, but 
we were missing the fun in our relationship of like what made us fall in love with each other in the first place because we were so consumed by just keeping him alive or keeping him like getting him better, fixing him. And once we were able to eliminate that and just kind of just be as a couple and just do things together that were like fun and like even for us this was a piece in that puzzle of doing these breath exercises together um, and then the meditations together morning and night, that just transformed our relationship as well because um, we were doing something for ourselves but also together. So, yeah. And it makes it that much more powerful when there's two people yes. doing the same meditation, right? I yes, find that exactly. Yes. So cool. I, I love what you've said here. Like, I, I love the silver linings. I, I yeah. oh, hold on one sec. Sorry, there's a plane. Can you hear that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I'll start again. One sec. Yeah, I love what you said about silver linings. And you're the prime example of, you know, when you look at the shitty situations in your life and when they come, because they do come and they'll come over and over again. It's part of being human. Um, when you look at those situations with, okay, this is being presented to us as an opportunity, it just makes it so much easier to be able to like look back and say, well, this was necessary. Um, and so your stories are just so inspiring because I feel like some of the women listening really, really needed to hear this right now. Um, so wherever you are out there, pay attention to your little voice inside you that's telling you to do something. Um, I feel like in society, we as women, especially women, are so conditioned. You had mentioned fight or flight. To just run on fight or flight, we don't even know the feeling of not having that. And so we almost become addicted to it. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, like being able to like say, you know what, now's the time to not be like that. You know, now's the time to see the silver lining in COVID, see the silver lining and, you know, this hospital stay that my partner's having or this infection. And how can I bring the energy up so that we can make it through this. I think that's a really important message. So thank you for sharing everything that you shared. No, thank you. It was absolutely lovely having you on. (laughs) We absolutely love having you on. And it's been so nice to kind of connect and hear your voice as opposed to knowing you as another Instagram wag of SCI that we connect with. So for anybody listening, how can they get a hold of you and Barney again once more if they would like to follow your journey and all of the amazing things that you are doing together as a couple and separately? Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram at Kada Miller, K-A-D-A-M-I-L-L-E-R. And Barney is at Barney, B-A-R-N-E-Y underscore M-I-L-L-E-R. So thank you everybody for tuning in to the Wags of SCI podcast. Thank you so much, Kata, for coming on. Um, make sure that you Google in your area where you can get her book, The Essence of You and Me, and make sure that you tune into their YouTube when they start showing their adventures. I'm really excited for that. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. And we'd also like to give a shout out to our episode sponsor, Wish Art Brain and Spine Law. And if you have any questions at all or you'd like, you'd like us to connect you with Kata, 
um, on the down low or over email. We can send you her information if you email us, wagsofsei at gmail.com. So thank you again for everyone who is listening and we hope you have a beautiful week. and outreach group Wags of SCI is currently a volunteer-based operation. We raise funds year-round to pay for date nights for our couples, essential medical supplies that our members may not be able to afford, mental health support for our Wags, including counseling, and our amazing meetups led by our volunteer ambassadors around the globe. If you feel called to support our mission, please visit our website wagsofsci.com or donate directly to the Wags of SCI We thank you for your support to help make this group possible and make a difference in the lives of SCI couples worldwide.